If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And Midi can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Thank you for visiting ChristopherMedia.net. Christopher Media, let's make some noise. Welcome to Beer Nuts, a weekly excursion into the world of craft beer. Brought to you by MichiganBeerGuide.com. And now, here are the Beer Nuts. Beer Nuts number 118. I'm Chris. I am in Detroit today. And my last beer is... God damn it. <laughs> it's one of the ones from the last show. Good name, <laughs> My phone is taking its time here. Uh, but yeah, uh, we'll, we'll pass it on to JR. JR here at Gross Eel, Michigan, here from the island. It's a few miles south of Detroit. Uh, my last check in on Untapped is into the Big Wide Canyon with Jerry from Tired Hands Brewing Company in Ardmore, Pennsylvania. Delicious double IPA. Uncle Pete here, uh, joining JR in Gross Eel, Michigan. Uh, my last uh, untapped uh, check-in was an odd side caged wisdom, a uh, caged wisdom brute IPA. Uh, one of the new and upcoming uh, takeoffs on the IPA style, which was very dry, very aromatic, and uh, quite uh, a showcase for the hop flavor in this beer. So, very good job, odd side caged wisdom. Well, and this is uh, dug out in Clawson. Uh just a few miles north of Detroit, and um, yeah, that Caged Wisdom is a staple in the fridge now, and uh, I think I might have stated in another episode that um, Brute IPAs are the new New Englands, um, and you will see those exploding uh, within the next uh, six to eight to nine months. You'll see more and more and more of them coming out, Uh, but my last check-in on Untapped is uh, 2017, Dark Passenger from Griffin Claw Brewing Company, which, by the way, we need to do a show on those guys real, real soon. And um, they were on sale at the brewery. They're they're clearing out their 2017 stash for five bucks a bottle. So I went up there and uh, spent a few bucks, and uh, five bucks for bourbon barrel aged bottles is pretty darn good, if you ask me. But it's a strong ale with uh, cinnamon and molasses. It was it was quite good. And uh, mine was uh, a ivory stout from Brewlink. If anybody cared, so. But this show, uh, we're heading to Northern California. We're heading. Uh, to, I don't think we've ever really done a show on this brew. I know they've been featured many times. They're 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 a storied brewery. Uh, one of the first craft breweries, if not the first craft beer. Um, 
makers of it anyways. Uh, we're doing a celebration with Sierra Nevada this week. Amen. Yeah, we want to do favorite. a little, little tribute to Sierra Nevada. They are uh, unfortunately experiencing some issues with the campfire wildfires out in California. So our heart goes out to everyone affected by that. And we thought we would honor them as a one of the OG uh, great original craft brewers of all time. Um, and we're going to kick off the show by all of the beer nuts, except Chris, who couldn't find any, um, with uh, one of their great seasonal offerings that just hit the shelves, the Celebration Ale, 2018 Celebration Fresh Hop IPA. So it's a wet hop with fresh hops just came out, so nice and fresh. So again, this is a, this shows a tribute to one of the great iconic craft breweries of all time. Um, they do have a second location now in Asheville, North Carolina. Um, so they're at least uh, if their brewery out west is affected, at least they have the East Coast Brewery to to keep on the, the pipeline going. But again, we have, uh, Pete and I have a glass here poured and. Uh, we're going to review this beer, and then Pete's going to talk a little bit about his visit to the brewery just a few months ago when he was on his uh, national brewery tour of the country. So I'm going to turn it over to him and let us, him introduce you to the flavor profile, and I believe Doug Out has one to enjoy with us as well up in Clawson. That I do. All right. Well, looking forward to this one. Uh, I look forward to all of Sierra Nevada's offerings. <clears throat> the Celebration Ale... Uh, basically uh, being one of their seasonals and this is a celebration of, of you know the, the once we started getting into the Christmas season uh, the label it, just let me describe a little bit here uh, has like a, a snow-covered cabin on it out in the in the woods and the mountains and uh, just a very refreshing uh, looking label very festive with lots of deep red and you got pine trees on there and lots of snow um, but this is a, a fresh hop, um, a fresh hop IPA. Uh, so when they uh, they do a hop harvest, oh, there's some fine print on the back of the bottle. Uh, first brewed the Celebration IPA in the winter of 1981, and I think uh, Sierra Nevada was was started around 79 or 80 somewhere in that re area. So one of their first beers. We use only the finest hops uh, of the growing season create the complex and robust ale layered pine and citrus hop aromas balanced delicately against rich malt sweetness to shape the bold wintertime classic we brew this in chico california and mills river north carolina to bring you the finest quality beer so taking a look at it this is a very very clear uh, copper colored beer um the aroma has a mild aroma Oh, this is a very nicely balanced, smooth beer. Uh, it's got a great mouthfeel, a nice sweetness, uh, followed by a very, a very nice, um, rich, piney um, hop profile. Uh, it does feature Cascade, Centennial, and Chinook hops. And I think if you are a follower of most of Sierra Nevada's year-round beers, you'll find that uh, a lot of them do feature uh, those three hops in particular. So, you know, they stick with what they're really familiar with and what they're good at. 
Uh, but a very nice, smooth beer. I'll let Jr. and Doug and uh, Chris chime in for some more comments. I, just, I love this beer every year. This is my favorite beer around the holiday season. And like, don't let the name fool you. you you're not getting any like cinnamon or nutmeg or any of that right. other crap that you always think you know get around the holidays with the, the holiday right. ales. No, it's, I I can taste this beer while you guys are describing it. I, I it's. I love when the, I love seeing when that that little log cabin comes around in the winter time because it's my favorite holiday beer. I could I could taste it right now, and I'm so mad I don't have one. <laughs> well, you'll you'll get one soon enough. But um, yeah, I have to agree. It's one of my favorites. Um, I look forward to it every year. Uh, the first one I ever had was in I believe '91 or '92, and I've had it every year ever since. So um, it's changed through the years. This, this, um, you know, they're now making it with uh, using fresh hops as um, opposed to, uh, um, you know, pelletized hops that, that they used to do in the past. It's, um, you know, it's kind of interesting having had it all those years that it seems like the beer is tamed down to me, but I think my palate has adjusted to that hot profile so it seems a lot more normalized to have a beer like this than it did you know 20 years ago um that oh, you're, just you're, wreck your palate you're among friends here doug you got a good support group here for that problem yeah <laughs> <laughs> it, it is a 6.8 percent abv and a 65 ibu so it, it's in a great sweet spot i think yeah, I think it's got a beautiful balance to it. It's got a nice malt backbone, and um, it has that classic hop lineup, but it also uses those fresh hops, and that really brings out the nose of, of, of the beer. A lot of pininess and citrus in the, in the nose, um, and uh, just overall great drinking beer. Not much from left for me to add that hasn't already been stated. The first thing I've notice about this and what i love about it i love the, the color that nice that red reddish copper color um almost like a i know we've had red red ipas but you know being it's a a fresh hop a wet hop ipa and you get the uh, really not overpowering hops on the aroma but just really well balanced i love i love that that maltier red uh, IPAs that have that color, I tend to gravitate to. It's just a, a little bit more sweetness in the malt that I enjoy. This is a style I enjoy. I, red IPAs, which is kind of an obscure style that not a lot of people are into. It's in my wheelhouse, and it's just a, a, a perfect uh, start to the holiday season every year. I can remember way back in the, like around 1990, being in the in the wine business i worked for a wholesaler that had only a few skews of beer but we did have anchor steam was one of our skews and one of the other vendors back then there were just so few beers that would even called craft but i remember the guy from <laughs> select wines who by the way had sierra nevada and we would have the same accounts and every holiday season he would trade me a case case of a. Uh, Big assorted uh, Bigfoot in celebration, and I would mix up some uh, old Foghorn and uh, Anchor Steam for him. And uh, it was just a memory of mine that I had that, that whenever I see the Sierra Nevada label, it reminds me of my first experience with the brand and how it was a treat that every Christmas we'd make that little swap between competitors that, you know, 
it's time, time for the holidays. We kind of, you know, we all work hard and play hard, and we would always uh, have a little swap there. And uh, that's what this beer reminds me of, and it, it still tastes fantastic. And those are those are great memories, and I'm sure there'll be more memories to come uh, with Sierra Nevada celebration. Yeah, that's awesome. I I can take you back to 1984 when I relocated from Southeast Michigan. I moved out to Sacramento area in Northern California. And, uh, you know, turned on right away to Sierra Nevada beers. And uh, my brother and I, uh, well, he was a resident there. I moved in with him. And uh, he was a certified beer judge. And at the California State Fair that summer. uh, I have that T-shirt, too. (laughs) We all should have earned that by now. (laughs) But I did uh, help him at the uh, State Fair one summer, uh, and Sierra Nevada was present, certainly, and their beers were amongst, you know, in the early 80s, their beers were very popular amongst the crowd, and uh, those were uh, some great beers being tasted. And I know at the end of the judging day, uh, I do recall fondly that we were able to uh, meet the guys at the refrigerated trucks out back, and we ended up taking home plenty of Good cold Sierra Nevada beers, so that's that's just one of many of the stories I can share. But uh, I just wanted to mention, you know, that we want to celebrate Sierra Nevada and give them kudos for their um, their big hearts and uh, for opening themselves up to supporting their community. Uh, as Jr. mentioned early in the podcast, um, you know, they're being affected by the campfires. Uh, the big fire in Northern California in the town uh, basically decimated the town of Paradise, which is just east of Chico on uh, the Sierra Nevada Brewery. Uh, if you go online, you can probably see some pictures of the Sierra Nevada Brewery, and out in the distance, you can see just a line of fire uh, raging uh, across the uh, horizon. Um, but God bless Sierra Nevada. They unfortunately they did have to disrupt their brewing uh, operation briefly over the weekend, but they're up and running again. And and what they've done is they've opened their doors and they are presently um, feeding uh, the first responders. You know the firemen, the the police, and everybody that's out there uh, doing their rescue efforts, and also anybody who's been displaced by the fire. And it hits home personally for Sierra Nevada as a company and as a as a corporate family because they have plenty of employees and friends and family that that are affected and displaced by that fire. And uh, they did start a um, a relief fund. Uh, they seeded it with a hundred thousand uh, dollars out of their own pockets, and uh, they're taking donations through Golden Valley Bank Community Foundation. And uh, you can find all this online if you just do a search on Sierra Nevada Campfire Relief Fund. Uh, And any money they collect will be distributed to all kinds of organizations that are dedicated to, you know, supporting the community and helping to rebuild. So I just, you know, our hearts go out to everybody out there who's affected. God bless Sierra Nevada. We celebrate you for for, uh, being, you know, a pillar in your community and, uh, and doing what you're doing. Cheers. 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 And uh, I'm on their website now. Um, you can donate to the cause. You can go to Golden. I think it's it's uh, Golden www.goldenvalley.bank is uh, Golden Valley Bank's website, and there is information on their page on how you can donate. Um, 
to uh, support victims of this fire. Uh, the article I have from brewbound.com indicates that uh, roughly 10% of their workforce has been uh, uh, displaced by the fire. Um, so it's hit close to home for the brewery. Fortunately, it says that uh, the firefighters have done a pretty good job at protecting Chico. So at this point, they don't think that the brewery is going to be threatened. But they also said that there's been minimal impact to their production, but that they have Mills River standing by in case it's necessary to increase their production. But at this point, you know, um, God willing, uh, the, the the fire can get contained and and be and prevented from affecting uh, uh, damaging the brewery. So, and Mills yeah. River yeah. is essentially Sierra Nevada East, correct? That's right. Yes. Yeah, as I drove into Chico this past September. Um, I came in from the north and all the way between uh, the northern California state line where uh, Oregon California state line all the way down to Chico I took I didn't take the interstate I took a back state highway and um, I drove through some areas that you could tell had just been totally wiped out in years past by fire and it's just a strange eerie feeling it's like being in a a desert of forest it's like trees with no leaves or no pine needles on them and everything is black it's like toothpicks and um it's just sad to see mile after mile after mile after mile you know it goes on and on and it's unfortunate that you know these things have to happen i i know they're still looking for the root cause of, of this particular fire but to get to the happier side of the coin when i did arrive at the brewery uh this was one of my bucket list items and man what a nice beautiful place i mean uh big windows out front with the huge copper uh brew kettles on display um and windows around the side where they had all the fermenters and and uh all the you know industrial equipment and the, and the cooling equipment and and they had a huge tank farm uh outside in back of the facility with all insulated uh, tanks. So quite a big bill they're paying, I'm sure, to keep all their beer cold, uh, you know, and, and temperature controlled anyway. Um, but a huge operation there in Chico. It's a small uh, college town. And um, it, it'd be, for anybody that, you know, if you ever get to go out there, you got to put it on your list and stop at Sierra Nevada. Beautiful tap room with stained glass and rich, dark uh, wooden bar a huge huge indoor and outdoor dining area and uh, just tons of selections of of fresh beer right off the tap I didn't waste any time I you know I sampled so many and I ended up buying quite a bit in the company store there so um, highly recommended Sierra Nevada one of the originals uh, you know amongst the originals from the the late 70s, early 80s, and joining up with people like Anchor Steam uh, and others. Um, so just, again, celebrating Sierra Nevada, and I just raise my glass and toast them. Amen. Cheers. Cheers. Yeah, I just looked on their website. It, the, the brewery was founded in 1980. Ken Grossman, the founder, had been brewing for 15, 20 years. Not many people were home brewers back then, so he is a pioneer. So 1980, just to... Uh, to give you a little uh, background on just how old I am, that was the year I graduated high school. <laughs> oh, but that's that's the year that Sierra Nevada was founded. So it's... I don't get to feel young too much anymore. I was one. 
Yeah, I don't either. I was 79, mighty fine. Well, you know, we we all grew up with this brewery, and you know, in a a world back in I can remember back in 1980, there were just a handful of breweries. Period. I think there were less than 100 breweries existing in the United States at that time, and it was all about the big macro breweries and. how far we've come, we've got over uh, 6,600 breweries now in the United States. And they were, in 1978, I think there were less than 80. So these guys were pioneers, and uh, I'm glad that they're still in business, and I'm glad to continue to support them, and not just because you know of their iconic status, but because they continue to innovate and change with the times and continue to crank out great-tasting beers. So... Uh, Speaking of that, let's go to our next beer. I think Dugout's going to go next and introduce to us to another uh, Sierra Nevada brew. All right. Uh, what I have here is called Hot Bullet, double IPA. Um, this is the can version. I've seen there's bottles out there, too, but uh, I, uh, I got the can. I was trying to – there's still beer in it, so I can't really see the born on date, but it's really super fresh. Um, so this beer is, uh, just trying to find my little cheat sheet here because <laughs> I use those sometimes. Um, so a little bit about, this is what's written on untapped. And I think this brewery release, uh, hops are the name of the game with, the, with this, uh, double IPA, but we knew we had to take it a step further with hot bullet. We're using a new technique, hitting the beer with double barrel blast of Magnum hops, much different from their, um, uh, traditional use hops and uh lupulin dust uh pure hop pure concentrated hop flavor directly into the tank to emphasize the intense pine and citrus flavors of the west coast west coast hops um so i've uh i've brewed a couple of lupulin beers i believe jr you've had a couple of the ones i've brewed just brings a pretty incredible uh intense uh nose to the um uh, an aroma to the beer um, so I'll pour this out it is um, it's just a it's really super gold like you don't ever see double IPAs that are this like color uh, very rare that you do it's got nice clarity to it just a touch of haze um, but you can definitely see right through it it, it pours off with incredible head retention um, I poured this, I don't know, 10, 15 minutes ago. The head's still uh, still right there when I jostle the beer around. And the nose is, um, you do get some of that West Coast fruitiness, um, some pine and citrus, uh, just that, you know, kind of like, hello, old friend, West Coast IPA smell. It's got a beautiful uh, fruitiness up front, dissipates quick. Um, I'm not sure of the IBU on this. I didn't uh, see. Uh, 55. 50, 50. 55. Okay. So, you know, it's it's listing a little lo- lower because they are using lupulin hops. It's, it tends to take the IBUs down, but still has that sort of concentration of hoppiness to it. Um, it's, uh, it's incredibly drinkable. It's 8%, I think. I saw. Yep, that's right. Yep, eight percent. It's it's dangerous because 
This drink's as smooth as a session IPA. There is no hint of 8% on this beer at all. It finishes super dry. It's almost approaching sort of brute IPA in the dryness of it, um, in the dryness of the finish. But, wow, what an incredible beer. It's, um, you know, we were talking about beer labels earlier in the week and cool labels not cool labels i don't know that this really falls into a category of a cool label it's just sort of a yellow can with hot bullet on it the sierra logo at the top i mean just very nondescript and that sort of i don't know it just didn't seem to catch my eye as a sierra beer when i saw it and i went oh wait a minute i'm gonna get that for tonight but man if you guys get a chance grab it it's really an awesome IPA. Yeah, I bet this one, it would be one of those ones definitely, you know, the fresher the better. And uh, I've had it before. Um, I, I'm intrigued by this lupulin dust. <laughs> That's kind of a different <laughs> different thing, right? So I've yeah, never I, seen I, it. I've, I've brewed a couple different beers with it. Um, I think three altogether now. Um and I put them at dis- different stages in the brewing process. So I put them into the initial boil. Uh, I believe you guys might have had my um, reverse mullet beer, which was um, super dank uh, New England. Yeah, I remember that one. Mental beer. Oh, that, yeah. That, had, that one had lupulin in the front of it. So that just kind of, um, and then I've done another uh, New England style with the lupulins uh, at the back end. And, and then I've done a, a traditional IPA with lupulins. It just um, really brings out the aromas and uh, enhances the flavors of the hops. What, was, it a, was it a powder? It's, um, it's a powder pellet. Okay. So it looks like a hop pellet, but it's a powder, and it disintegrates pretty quick. Yeah, I wonder how they, um, how they segregate that stuff. You know what I mean? How do they get lupulin dust and then pack it into pellets yeah i think it's all a uh, a type of process of you know um extracting everything you want out of the hop plant without having all that foliage and leafage yeah because when you crack open a, a hop cone you know you can see all the little beads of lupulin stuff in there and uh i can imagine how it makes this dust you know but i don't know how they harvest that out of there it's got to be maybe, some... they, maybe they just give it a good shake maybe it's just the shake from the uh, ops you know what Uncle chris you can probably identify with that it's it's magic that's what it is it's fairy dust it's magic <laughs> yep. yeah we'll just leave it at that it's magic <laughs> okay well if i may read just a, a quick quote on the, from the website about this beer it says, brewed with a double-barreled blast of magnum hops and lupulin dust. Hops are the name of the game with a double IPA, but we knew we had to take it one step further. With Hop Bullet, we're using a new technique, hitting this beer with a double-barreled blast of magnum hops and lupulin dust, pure concentrated hop flavor, directly into the tank to emphasize the intense pine and citrus flavors of classic West Coast hops. So that's what uh, makes it so attractive to me is... You know, I've spent all summer drinking New England IPAs, and I love them, and uh, I'll continue. I mean, I just had the double dry hopped uh, M43 came out last week, and uh, Uncle Pete and I went out to the release, and and it's it's delicious and wonderful. But you know what? Uh, 
we went to uh, another brewery, Brewery Becker, after that, and had a, a nice old traditional West Coast style IPA. And boy, that tasted good. Just it's kind of almost forgot, you know, where where I came from or something. And uh, this sounds like just a home run in that of that nice piney West Coast. You know, that a couple years ago before the New Englands came out, this was what we were all enjoying. And I, I'm looking forward to going back to it. And I think uh, I'm excited enough from your review to to go out and give this one a shot. So you got to hand it to uh, these next time. guys. They, they know where they they don't forget what got them where they are. Like it, it would have been nice and easy to kind of just start settling into kind of like the, the the mainstream beers and just kind of you know mass producing stuff. But these guys, they they still continue to bring the variety. What thirty forty years in. I mean, yeah, absolutely, they do. You yes, should see. Uh, and, um, they've they've had um, several series with the um, southern and northern hemisphere, where they're you know they were one of the first, um, uh, if not the first, of the craft breweries to bring sort of the southern hemisphere, um, New Zealand and Australian hop varieties into people's palates in the U.S. Yeah, they do have a number of variety packs. Speaking of variety, uh, if you've ever been in the stores and look on the shelves, you'll see a snow pack, a fall pack, a party pack, a four-way IPA. I mean, and they do a beer camp series, I think. Is that that's Sierra Nevada, right? Yeah. That's, uh, yeah. Yeah, They've done all right. kinds of collaborations and just fun to go out and experiment and try different things with people. and uh, But yet they've got a standard offering of, you know, 25 or more, you know, year rounds and seasonals and some of their high altitude beers, which I think we're going to taste a few of those in a little bit, and, and including then some barrel age. So I just think they're a fully rounded brewery that's showing their wisdom and their their you know uh the fruit of their labors over 40 years and, and we're blessed by it so again another bunch of reasons for celebration of sierra nevada cheers so yeah uh, i guess it was a year or two ago we did an episode called old dog new tricks where old breweries try to stay relevant and keep innovating and these guys are way ahead of the curve you know, they continue to, you know, the New England IPAs got hot. Their, you know, their roots are in, on the West yeah, Coast, but, you know, care. they've got a hazy little thing now. Yeah. Um, you know, they continue, hey, whatever's relevant, we're going to be in the game. And and they're always one step ahead of the comp- competition. They're uh, easy to find in your, in your grocery stores, um, even in some convenience stores. And, you, you know, I, I know I've even seen 7-Elevens that have the OG Pale Ale, which was... One of the legendary first craft beers uh, that everybody enjoyed. So yeah, I mean, yeah, that's, you know, that's the roots. But look, now we got a hot bullet. We got hazy little thing. Um, we got variety packs. You know, the they, they got the stay relevant. They got that hop hunter IPA that's got hop oil. So now they got hop dust, and then they got hop oil. It's magic. It's 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 flipping magic. Yeah, and then who knows what kind of offerings they could be getting into on the West Coast, which, and, uh, which now yeah, in Michigan especially. we could be able to start enjoying. Yeah, you know, a CBD IPA, the whole alphabet. Yeah. DH, DHC IPA. XYZ. 
Prop one. So there's there'll, there'll be a little bit more of that coming in the hipster tipster from this week. Oh. Prop one IPA. So just hang on to that idea. <laughs> gotcha. We'll call that one Prop we'll come one. Back. We're, we're coming back to that one. All right. All right. Let's go to Chris. Yes. Well, yes. Well, I could not get a celebration, which seems crazy to me. But I guess it's a week before Thanksgiving should have by now. But I did jump at when I saw this next offering because I'm sure you guys are aware of it. I was not aware of this, and I don't know why. It, it, it seems like they probably have made this style before, but Sierra Nevada makes a stout. They make an imperial stout called Narwhal, and I had to pick it up. And, you know, full transparency, guys, I already had one and a half of these. I mean, this stuff is, it's, you pour it, it's dark. It's mortar oil. You can't see through it. Uh, a nice, thick, brown head on this stuff. Uh, when you sniff it, I mean, you're getting the, uh, you're getting a nice, sweet aroma. A lot of times with the, the stout, you get the dark fruit. That's what I'm getting on the aroma. This a little tiny bit of the of the cocoa. Uh, it's it, it's not a beer you can chew, but it's definitely a stout. Nice, uh, nice sweet taste, and then once once you swallow it, one, then the coffee kicks in. I mean, this stuff is first of all, it's ABV twelve. It's boozy. But it's not like it's not super boozy. It's not like making you like you know, you know, crick your neck kind of boozy. We all know that feeling. That's not there. It's twelve percent. It's easy to drink. This is dangerous. I have four more of these, and it's rather affordable. I got this thing is first of all it's sold in six packs. You know, like thirteen bucks out the door. But um, you know when you. Think of Sierra Nevada, at least in my experience, it's always been like kind of like the hoppier beers, you know, your 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 pale ales, your kind of IPAs. Uh, this is my first experience with a stout with Sierra Nevada, and I am very pleased. So if you see this, I have the 2018 Narwhal Imperial Stout. You see it, pick it up. I know JR may have a, a little older version kicking around for, for the end of the show. Uh, well, we're probably going to table that till cellar raid, just because oh. why do two narwhals? But uh, I got another ace up my sleeve for the end of the show. But uh, I do have a 2012 narwhal. I found two in my cellar, but uh, we'll save that for a future episode. But uh, the point being that, yeah, this can be. Uh, I'm going to read again from their website, um, and it does say that it can age. It will age well in the bottle for years to come. A malt forward monster, highlighting the depths of malt flavor. Narwhal Imperial Stout is inspired by the mysterious creature that thrives in the deepest fathoms of the frigid Arctic Ocean. Featuring incredible depth of malt flavor, rich with notes of espresso, baker's cocoa, roasted grain, and a light hint of smoke, Narwhal is a massive malt-forward monster. Aggressive but refined with a velvety smooth body and decadent finish, Narwhal will age in the bottle for years to come. So I'm looking forward to trying those 2012. I got two left, so... Hey, maybe uh, it might be a nice Thanksgiving beer for next week's episode. Uh, Never know. Uh, again, I'm surprised how drinkable it is. Yeah, well, and it is, you know, over 10%, and that's, that's great. I mean, it's like going to warm you up really nice. And uh, according to the site here, it says it's about a 60 IBU, so that's a, that's a pretty good uh, hop bill uh, for a stout. Mm-hmm. Um, 
if I just have to point out a little trivia tidbit, if you read up on a little bit of the Sierra Nevada history, the truth of the matter is that um, Ken Grossman's first offering when Sierra Nevada Brewery was formed was a stout. So it, it hasn't seemed like it's been their most popular offering, but it was the first. And then followed on from that, they got into the Sierra Nevada Pale Ale and then the Celebration. So that's kind of the one, two, three order from the beginning. And, uh, you know, I guess uh, they know what they're doing when it comes to stouts and the darker beers as well as all of the West Coast IPA stuff. Absolutely. Awesome. And I think there's a, is there a barrel-aged narwhal, JR? Do you know? I don't know. Yeah, they, it comes in a, a, a either a 22 or a 2750. Uh, I think it's a 750 caged bottle, and that's a, that's a wonderful offering as well. Barrel-aged, was it like 15%? I mean, it's... Well, I'm not sure. Uh, the, the, uh, the website says that the one you're drinking is 10.2, but uh, that's from last year's vintage, so maybe this year's was stronger. Oh. I'm not sure. Correct, 10.2. Some okay. Re- that, oh. I had 12.0 in my brain. My fault. Still. Um, no big deal there, but let's see. Uh, it doesn't have the... It's called the the Trip in the Woods series is all their barrel-age stuff, so uh, I'm not sure how strong... See if I can find it on their website, uh, well, Trip in the Woods. Two, there's only two listed. Okay, yep. Um, apparently every year they do different Trip of the Woods. Um, so the barrel-aged narwhal is not on in 2018. It's not being produced, I don't believe. But uh, ironic that we would uh, mention that because we're going to go right into uh, Uncle Pete, who's going to review the next one, which is part of the 2018 uh, Trip in the Woods series, which is the barrel Age series. So I'm going to let him take it away. All right, unmute. There we go. Okay, so when beer meets barrel, incredible things happen. And uh, this is a caged, uh, corked bottle, a bomber of uh, Trip in the Woods Barrel Age Series. It's called Maple Scotch, Scotch-style ale brewed with maple syrup and aged in a bourbon barrel. Um, I did pick this up in September when I was at the brewery in Chico. I did taste it while I was there. Um, but we're going to go into it again. So let me uncork this and see what we got going. Um, Just reading from the website, it says, The passage of time and the influence of wood combine to create a final product much greater than the sum of its individual parts. Trip in the Wood series is designed to highlight the complex interplay between beer and barrel. Each beer is matured in a wooden cask originally used to age in mellow spirits. And in the time and slumber, the time it spends in slumber creates a rich and layered flavor unique to this difficult and hands-on process. Um, it's a 9.8% ABV, and it spent 10 months in a bourbon barrel. Uh, and this was a 2018 release. Now, this has, uh, I mean, it's, this is not uh, a black beer by any means, but it is a very dark dark rich uh deep red amber i mean a red copper color very little head on this i don't know jr maybe poured it a little mildly but the aroma nonetheless it didn't take any head really at all to give it a great aroma coming off of the glass very sweet 
very uh, molassesy, syrupy smelling. Maybe some of that sweet uh, dark fruit. But uh, boy, my palate is just saying, taste me. We did let this warm a little bit, and I'm glad we did. Uh, this is very sweet. Uh, it's like candy. It's like a liquid candy. Ooh. Mm-hmm. Very caramely. I don't think it's too complex. I mean, it's straightforward with the caramel sweetness. Uh, nice effect from the um, wooden barrel. Um, it's got a nice dry aftertaste. Um, a good bitterness. Um, it's not really overdone in any one way. I think it's got a nice sweet balance to it. Uh, the maple comes through pretty good too, which may be the source of the majority of the sweetness, quite honestly. It's not really a malty sweetness. It's probably a maple syrupy sweetness. It is a little sticky. JR, what would you say about this one? Well, uh, definitely uh, the aroma, the, ma the maple was noticeable on the aroma. Uh, I love good maple beer, but a lot of maple beers don't have much maple flavor or aroma. This is an exception to the rule. They've done done very well of preserving the maple flavor, yet not making it cloyingly sweet. So it's over. Yeah, you know, I think you hit the nail on the head where everything's rounded out and and perfectly balanced. Um, you get oak, you get caramel, uh, maple. You know the malts there, but it's uh, nothing overwhelms anything else, and. The maple's actually you know, quite noticeable and very enjoyable, and you know, I love a good maple beer, and again, it's very, very rare that you get a maple beer that the maple flavor is still there, because maple is a fermentable sugar that often will get fermented out, so it's it's a wonderful beer, and it's a, it's a real treasure, and uh, very, very impressed uh um, one of my favorite beers is Backwoods Bastard by Founders, which is a, a bourbon barrel Scotch ale, um, and you know, still one of my all-time favorites. So I knew that this was a style that would probably appeal to me, a barrel-aged Scotch ale. But uh, the maple in this really takes it to another level, um, and I'm thoroughly enjoyable. If you see this, I highly recommend picking it up. Um, I know if I see any during the holidays, I'm going to pick up a bottle or two. This is a yeah, again, it's really, really well balanced. It's sweet, but not too sweet. Maple in there is noticeable, but not overwhelming. Delicious. Thanks for yeah, sharing. Here, I'm glad to share. I have actually looked forward to sharing this. I know when I bought it, I go, well, this isn't one that I'm going to have all by myself. So um, good time to share it. It's The temperatures have dropped below freezing in uh, southeast Michigan, and uh, this is going to warm our souls. <laughs> too early for this shit yeah it's not even thanksgiving yet i know yeah but uh good reason to bring out the the salt warming beers and and chris you you just had a good example of one that's going to warm me up really well and I, I i know last show we talked a little bit about scotch ales and scottish ales and when i saw this was a maple scotch when i was at the brewery I knew I had to buy it, so it, there was no way I was going to leave without it. Again, celebration to Sierra Nevada. Cheers to you. All right. Cheers again.
Was it, hasn't there been talk of hipster tipster? Does that mean that there's you guys got a couple things for that? I know yeah, I have one. Yeah, I'm gonna let Doug take over that while I finish this because I got a big uh, a, a big closer here for the show. Uh, so Doug, why don't you start out uh, with some uh, craft beer news from the hipster tipster? Well, and, and I'm not sure how craft beer this is, uh, um, and it's just sort of a it's just sort of something I was reading. Uh, the guy who is uh, I forget his name, but he was he's the guy he claims he invented blue moon and um yeah sure i'm sure he came up with the recipe it's um in my mind it's a clone of a belgian white i mean there was Celis white before him and there was um uh obviously hogarten which is what the style is actually taken from so as far as inventing it i don't know i think that's a strong claim he's also the guy who claimed he invented putting an orange slice in a beer which again I, I, just a lot of stories and a lot of talk as far as I'm concerned but he has uh, uh, left his position at Blue Moon whatever kind of fake craft beer they call themselves as far as their what what is that one called it's not 10th and Blake that's Miller's version of it right um, there's a uh, I think it is 10th and Blake. Is it 10th and Blake? Yeah. Okay. So that's their fake. That's their fake uh, moniker for their fake craft beer. And uh, anyways, this guy's breaking off from there. He's left his position and is now gone into the cannabinoid drink business. So he is making um, basically making pot infused um, beverages. So oh, he's gone from beer to that. No alcohol involved in this. It's just um, um, because that's still illegal under federal law. State law can allow for um, you know recreational use, but still on a uh, on a federal level, you cannot mix that with alcohol. I mean, you have to have two separate things going. Not that anybody hasn't done that for you know. I don't know, 50, 60, 70 years. But, uh, but yeah, that's his new gig. Cannabinoid drinks. Coming to a 7-Eleven near you in Michigan. Will we have to put an orange slice in them? Uh, I hope not. Actually, they did say that you could do that. Um, and they would probably prefer to have it be a regular beer with alcohol. But again, the laws... Um, it's kind of like baby steps here. Everybody's feeling their way as to what's legal, what's not. Um, and I guess the CBD doesn't have the THC in it. And yeah, it's not psychoactive. Uh, it gives you all. Yeah, the, I'm not. It gives you all of the the benefits without the buzz. <laughs> Pretty much. I know a lot of the bigger a lot of the bigger companies um, have invested you know billions, millions and billions of dollars into being ready for when. The floodgates open with legalities and we've already seen Canada as a country legalize cannabis and uh and it's coming you know, soon to Mexico. So it's, it's gonna be squeezed probably play. just a matter of time and uh, you know these uh the some of the brewery behemoths with deep pockets have already invested in it. But it's good to see this guy, you know, he uh, branched off on his own and is starting to go in. But you're gonna see more and more of this and uh we'll see where it evolves. But certainly is a relevant topic, especially here in Michigan. Uh, 
Proposition 1 did pass. <laughs> and uh, ironically, in uh, Wayne County, where I live, the only municipality that did not vote positively Prop 1 is Proceal Township, where I happen to live. Um, so I will uh, abstain from telling you what my vote was, but it wasn't my fault. <laughs> means you live in a good neighborhood. Um, but hey, uh, this is the way. Uh, this is the way things are going. Look forward to uh, some more innovation, some new unique products hitting the market over the next few years to uh, meet the needs of uh, hungry consumers. Oh, you know, there's going to be cannabis. might have the munchies. There's going to be cannabis IPA. It's going to probably be delicious. Um, oh, I'm. Go to Colorado. It's already uh, they're already experimenting and doing a lot more things. Um, but uh, yeah, no, things moving forward. What's going on over there? Any other uh, hipster tips or stuff? See, I know I had some. You hear? Well, in the in the real hipster beer, um, PBR Paps Blue Ribbon is in litigation with Miller Coors. Um, because their contract is expiring. Miller Coors does all the brewing for them. Uh, Miller Coors basically wants to um, take their price rates up to where they would have to charge in excess, uh, you know, somewhere along the lines of a craft beer six-pack, which would essentially put them out of business. So, um, Paps is suing Miller Coors at the moment and um, to renegotiate this contract so that it you know allows them to survive basically and and we all know the motive behind that is that you know Miller's slipping sales sees Paps is sort of um, you know the enemy and if they can put him out of business they will and um, you know that was that beer was the original hipster your your dad's beer kind of thing you know you're going to any hip neighborhood in Chicago or New York City or any any big city in, in the in the in the PBR sixteen ounce cans were there and you know so God bless them I mean get it back it, it, you know there's enough beer drinkers stand by your own merit and no reason to get dirty and underhanded and no reason to get dirty and underhanded and try to put somebody out of business in that regard uh, you know what. Um, Paps Blue Ribbon is too iconic. Uh, they'll figure something else out. If Miller Coors is going to mess with the the contract, um, they'll figure it out. And uh, shout out to our buddy Matty A. in San Francisco. Probably the best boss I've ever had at any job, with no disrespect to any of my other bosses. But loved working for Matt, and he's with Paps now out in San Fran. And um, if he ever gets to listen to this, man, keep fighting the good fight. Well, and one more shout-out to um, our friend and former co-worker, Christine Day, who actually works for Sierra Nevada, and uh, was thrilled at the prospect to be on the, on the uh, podcast, but had to decline because of uh, prior commitments. So I did let her know we're going to be doing another Sierra show, and um, I think for good reason, because these, these are fantastic beers. Amen. I, I think we got one more hipster tipster news story from Uncle Pete, and then we're going to hit the grand finale here with the big with the big close here. 
All right, here's one that's kind of exciting, and we talked about uh, this. We talked about this brewery uh, on the last show. Uh, Guinness uh, actually is going to release their first barrel-aged beer uh, coming out of their Baltimore, Maryland uh, facility. And the beer, the Guinness itself, was actually brewed in Dublin, Ireland, but uh, then shipped over to Baltimore and aged in bullet bourbon barrels. So uh, very much looking forward to this. I can't wait to see it. And as soon as I see it, the money will fly out of my wallet. And then the beer will fly into my mouth. So I um, I know we all like a good standard Guinness stout. I think this is the uh, Antwerpen stout. I, I know they've got a couple of different versions. Um, but uh, anyway, I'm so looking forward to the Guinness stout aged in bourbon barrels. I mean, again, here's an old dog with the new trick joining the rest of the party. Uh, everybody's been going after the barrel aged stuff. And uh, I'm glad Guinness has decided to go down that path, especially in North America. I think they'll find a good following for it. Yeah, I have an article uh, on this beer in front of me, and, and I'm just going to read uh, a couple sentences here that will you know, shine some more light on this beer. It's brewed in Dublin, aged in Baltimore. That's the transatlantic teamwork Guinness revealed today in announcing its new stout, aged in bullet bourbon barrels. The brewer's latest experimental beer to come out of its new American home features its Dublin-brewed Antwerpen stout, aged for eight months in bullet bourbon barrels at the Oban Gate Brewery and Barrel House in Baltimore. So there you have it. So I got, I got this. So yeah, it's it's great to get the extra info. I know we we actually brought this up last week, um, or the last episode on the hipster tipster, uh, but we didn't have the like the technical info. So it's great to have that stuff right now, and it, it actually makes me want it more. Yeah, I mean I'm I'm building in anticipation, and as I read down through the article that Jr. was going through, there's even the potential down the road. That uh, you know, Guinness has access to an incredible supply of barrels from many spirit makers around the world, uh, like Don Julio Tequila and Zacapa Rum. So who knows? I think you might see more offerings from Guinness as we get down the road. I think they'll put the toe in the water with the Bullet Bourbon Barrel version, and based on the outcome of that, that maybe they'll move forward with some additional offerings. Well, that sounds good, and we're looking forward to it. But I'm also looking forward to this last beer of the night. And I referenced that story about uh, an old uh, competitor of mine when I was in the business in Northern Virginia uh, many moons ago. But uh, one of the beers that was always in my Sierra Nevada holiday uh, case that he mixed up for me was the legendary Bigfoot Ale, the barley wine uh, from Sierra Nevada. So I make it a point to try to get a, a, a four-pack of this every year and stash them in the cellar. Some years uh, didn't survive because I drank them all. Other years, maybe I missed a year here or there. But I randomly just plucked a bottle from the cellar today, and this happens to be the 2013 vintage. So five years of aging, pretty good uh, number. So... Uh, Uncle Pete just opened this and poured himself a glass. I'm going to pour myself some. I can tell you this is always a treat, and I'm really looking forward to it. And uh, what's fun about uh, reviewing this beer is not only every year it comes out, but, you know, uh, it's a real treat to 
sample different ages because uh, the the changes that occur with aging, it's a real good uh, barometer for barometer for those changes. And before I even taste this, I want to mention that just uh, five days ago at my uh, homebrew club meeting, one of the people at the meeting brought a 2006 Bigfoot that we sampled that was absolutely dynamite. And of course, there. Uh-oh. Hey, he's checking back in. We, he dropped for a quick second. Hold on. The whole thing dropped? Or just he here? dropped. He, you're going to be on here in a second. All right, there you go. Just uh, not much. Just just pick up from, um, oh, God. Start story over. I don't think you missed the whole thing, though. Now you're muted. Now you're on. Okay. All right. We're good now. All right. I guess I'll... All right. Start from the homebrew club. Is that about when it went out? That's what I think. Yeah. Okay. So just the other night at my homebrew club meeting, one of the other members brought a 2006 Bigfoot to sample. And what a treat that was. It's great to to uh, sample these older versions and see how... Uh, the test of time, uh, how these beers hold up over time and how they change and the complex flavors that result from the aging. Um, a lot of times you'll get, you know, the beer oxidizes. A lot of times at some point you'll peak and then it'll start go to deteriorate in quality. But the 2006 was very enjoyable. These barley wines are made to, to be aged. And so I got a 213 in here. Um, I'm going to take a, I just poured it. It's a... A little, uh, probably between copper and brown. Um, you can see through it. It's pretty clear. There is a, uh, the head uh, was a nice frothy white head, but it dissipated pretty quickly into, it's just kind of hugging the, the rim of the glass now. Um, what head is left. It laces very nicely along the side of the glass, though. Carbonation's there. Is I'll continue, Jerry. <laughs> I don't know why he's dropping, but uh, it's very perfumey. I'll let Jr. go. All right. Well, I disconnected again for some reason. Is it just me or is it Pete too? You're you're both on. Pete's been on the whole time. How can that be? That just I'm dropping. So it's not the uh, technology. It's not the. It's not the internet because it's on the same internet as me. Okay, yep. maybe I'll use my uh, laptop. So, all right, you're all right. Real loud. <laughs> yeah. All right, all right. Well, you can hear me now, right? Sure can. Take three. All right. So I just poured this. I'm getting uh, oh really nice. Uh, I'm getting all kinds of aroma. Just strong everything. Strong malts. Strong hops. I actually do get pretty good hop, hop features on this uh, aroma. Oh, sorry, Jerry. You want me to say something? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the perfume. I just, it's like so flowery and perfumey. I just get this, like I just stepped off the plane in Hawaii. I mean, it's just scented so nicely. Yeah, nice strong aroma. I, I think it might be Centennial hops. 
have a pretty good uh, nose for those, and that's got a nice perfumey hops. But at any rate, yeah, definitely there are hops on. This, this is an American barley wine. There are two types of barley wines, American style and English style. English are more earthy. American style goes for the you know high hop. Traditionally, most mostly a lot more hops in the barley wines, the American styles. This is definitely American style, but and bittered, bittered, yeah, bittered with Chinook, finished with Cascade Centennial and Chinook. There's that Centennial. That's the perfumey stuff. So I got to dive into this. This just tastes. It smells so good. You can't wait to drink it. Wow. You know what? Um, I can remember having fresh ones of this. And age has been real nice. It's mellowed out that. There's still a lot of hops here. I mean, tons, tons. um, Five years, I mean, everybody's like, oh, hops fade over time. Well, you know what? This has been aging five years, and there's still plenty of hop bitterness in this and hop flavor. Um, It's 9.8%, so it's strong, but it's not blowing me away. Um, I I think the the hops overwhelm every other flavor. you would think a barley wine, you might have a lot of malt, um, and the malt's there, and it, it's it's overly it's 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 like really really strong hops, but with with a lot of malt backbone. Um, but it finishes dry and bitter and hoppy, and it's still a hop bomb after five years. I can tell you that one that I had that was two thousand six wasn't nearly this hoppy. So maybe a couple more years, it'll mellow out even more. But it's. It's still, uh, I mean, yeah, most of us beer nuts here like hops, so it's it's really uh, it's enjoyable. Um, I know, I know. At the beginning, I get a little bit of a sweetness from the malt, and then the hops kick right in, and and linger very for a very long time after it's been on the palate. This is the fun part of these these vintages and these you know multiple years of Bigfoot. I I've had the pleasure over the years of trying different uh, vintages. And I mean, they are very sellerable. Um, these barley wines, and I think I I know somewhere in my cellar I've got a 2008 that's just sitting there, you know, in the dark and getting all happy. So we'll have to crack that out one of these days. But yeah, it's a big beer, and here I am. I got uh, this in one hand, and I got that maple scotch in the other, and I don't know. I might have to spend the night, Jerry. <laughs> <laughs> Guest room is available. <laughs> well, guys, you know, this this past spring, I had the uh, opportunity to do a six-year vertical on Bigfoot. And, wow. Uh, boy, what a, what a treat, you know? Yeah. Somebody, uh, it was the Big Brew Day in Warren, um, Michigan. So it was outside, and um, it was the one hosted by the city. And, man, it was cold that day, and the wind was just blowing fierce, and just kind of snowing sideways and here's somebody comes with a six pack vertical and they're like oh god bless you this is so awesome and yeah it was really interesting to compare and contrast the different years and which one really stood out and which ones had sort of faded and were kind of dying off so uh, i believe overall it was between 2014 and 2013 were the ones that you know, they were remarkably different, but they really just stood out and had this great character to them. I, this makes me want to go out and buy a 2018 and see just how hoppy it is. Because I'm telling you, man, after five years, this is 
uh, uh, hop. The hops have not faded much at all. Well, if they have, there just must have been so much at the beginning, because there is still a, a great hop flavor presence in this beer, and it's really growing on me. <laughs> yeah, and I and I know where to find it. Um, in a little bit of our pre-show discussion, we were mentioning um, in Royal Oak, Michigan, there's um, Holiday uh, Market, which is a grocery store, but it probably has the premier uh, beer department, beer selection in the entire state of Michigan, in my opinion. And, um, you know, I haven't been to, haven't, somebody who's probably been in most liquor stores in the state of Michigan. And so I've got a pretty good idea who's, who's up there. And I just think the leaps and bounds they've made over the past few years uh, they get exclusive releases on meads from Shrams and the Nectar. Uh, I was in there today. Of course, I found everything I needed for the show and then some. I mean, they had the Bigfoot there. They had um, uh, Uncle Pete. They had your beer, but it was aged in the tequila barrel. Um, I, I could have spent hundreds in there today, and I was like, no, stay focused, and I'm not spending hundreds today. But I do want to go back and pick up. There's so many good beers in that place sitting there right now. Yeah, these barley wines, the Bigfoots, there's a whole cult of beer nuts out there that I know they're stashed away in people's cellars and they're just, you know, collecting dust. And that's great because we get the opportunity to share and uh, taste. And you, I'm really jealous that you got to have, what, five or six years of vertical and... Uh, you know, like Jr. said, the, the fun thing to do might be every year when you see it, just buy a four pack and stash a couple away and drink drink a couple fresh. That's fine, nothing wrong with that. And then you know, put a few away, and then you can have a vertical down the road and see how it goes. Yeah, sometimes that's easier said than done. It's sort of like <laughs> it's sort of like that question: What's left over wine? You know? <laughs> yeah, right. No, you're right. <laughs> But these are big. These are how do you how do you end up with a leftover? <laughs> right, these are big bruiser beers, man. They're just they're fantastic. I mean, they're like I know we talked about old ales in the past and and other beers that sell her well, and this is another one right up there that's that's supremely sellerable, and uh, by all means, get some and do that. Amen, and just. Uh, I wanted us to piggyback on Doug's sentiments about Holiday Market in Royal Oak. Yeah, one of the best beer stores in the state, if not the best. Uh, I've done Melovino mead samplings there. Uh, world-class operation. The, the manager there, Ashley, uh, really knows his, his stuff. So if you ever go there, ask for him if you need any help with anything. Uh, if, if they don't have it, no one will. So if you can get it in Michigan, they will get it now. That being said, stuff goes quick, so be on your horse if the, something rare comes out. But, uh, yeah, um, and you were talking about uh, you could have spent hundreds of dollars. Well, Black Friday's coming up, and that's a, you know, we, we, we had our recent opening of Stout Season episode. Well, Black Friday is like uh, a real threat to most craft beer lovers' wallets with uh and liver county release uh we got odd side has a big release here in michigan um a lot of breweries you know put out some of their best stuff on black friday and heading into the holidays so um 
whatever your beer budget is, be prepared to spend on Black Friday, just like the department stores have deals. Uh, even uh, our uh, the um, Motor City Gas uh, Distillery, where um, Uncle Pete and I each got a barrel last year, they have their half-price barrel sale. So homebrewers out there, if you're in uh, the Detroit area, Show up on uh, Black Friday, and uh, I think you can even go on their website or call ahead and reserve a barrel, a little eight-gallon barrel for you to aid your homebrew in. Um, hit on my wallet. How about a hit on my liver? Well, that too. So, yeah, it's just a, it's a great great time to be a beer lover uh, around these times. Maybe not so much on your uh, on your budget, but, hey, you know, go, go big or go home. Well, I'm looking forward now that the cool temperatures have kicked in. Uh, Sunday coming, I'm going to be brewing a porter. First time I've done a porter in probably, I don't know, 10 years. So really looking forward to getting into that style. It's it's one that I got turned on again recently when I was at uh, Deschutes Brewery and uh, had the Black Butte porter. And uh, so it just got me turned on to go down to the beer supply uh, brewing supply store and pick up a porter recipe so looking forward to that it's that time of year getting dark early yeah and um i was gonna brew this weekend but i've got some equipment and upgrades on their way that won't be here in time and so i decided that um over Thanksgiving weekend is going to be brew day, and I'll, I should have a new fermenter, and I'll have my new burner up and running, uh, buying a seven and a half gallon stainless steel fermenter that um, should make some really sparkly, awesome beers. And I'm also planning on hitting uh, Motor City Gas and getting an eight gallon um, uh, barrel, and I will be doing my first like truly barrel aged. Um, I've got a, uh, a scotch, uh, it's a Lafroy scotch aged beer that, um, I used, uh, bourbon or, or I used oak chips, charred oak chips and soaked Lafroy in it for about two months and added that to a wee heavy. And, and that is up and ready to drink. It is absolutely amazing. And it's only going to get better with some age. And then I also, also have a um i've been brewing with a another guy in my beer club and the other installment of beers coming we use the same lafroy chips and did a baltic porter and um so that is in the bottles aging as, as we speak as well as we took we split that batch there was a 10 gallon batch split it in half aged half on those uh, Lafroy chips and then the other half added uh, Montmorency cherry too so I have a Montmorency cherry Baltic Porter which I'm really really looking forward to it I'm geeked about that one drooling over here that sounds drooling. delicious yeah when's the party you know guys we gotta we gotta do another get together maybe we'll do yeah. let's let's start looking at the calendar maybe plan a holiday episode we can do it again at my house with the uh, with the mixing board and, and the laptop and uh, just have it like a nice bottle share. Yes, 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 yes. Yes, yes. I'm yes. all in. Hey, uh, Doug out, if you need help filling that eight gallon barrel, let me know. <laughs> yeah, all right. I, you know, you know, I'm trying to, I'm, that's 
part of the reason I'm doing the upgrades on the fermenter so I can get, you know, possibly get a good seven gallons of, you know, do a seven-gallon batch as opposed to a five-gallon batch and then um, uh, put, you know, put that whole seven gallons into the into the eight-gallon uh, barrel. Yeah, if you want to top it up, let me know. I'll give me a recipe, and I'll do the same thing and make a small batch for you. Yeah, yeah, or just do uh, twin fours, you know, or do a full eight gallon and ferment some of it off on a, on a secondary vessel. So, still putting the math together on it. I think that'll well, be that won't be the beer I'm doing that Thanksgiving weekend. It'll be the next one because I still want to um, take my time and do it the right way. Absolutely. Well, if I may make a recommendation, when you go to Miller City Gas to get that barrel, sit down at the bar and I try a few of those whiskeys they have. They're fantastic. They'll give well, you a little one-ounce Of course, I, of one course ounce I'll do that. <laughs> well, let me know when you're maybe going. Like, maybe I'll join you. It'd be like going to the brewery to get a T-shirt and not having a beer, you know? <laughs> well, you're going Black Friday, right? <laughs> yes. Yeah. yeah. But be aware, um, when you get that barrel home, chances are... I got almost a full fifth of residu- residual whiskey in my barrel last when I when I went there last year. So Whew. be prepared to get a bonus. And, I, might, uh, I might be tempted to just leave that and, and put the whoa, on top of it. Man, uh, dra- drain at least half of it. You got to. I got about a pint out of mine, and I still have a lot of it. But I've been sipping on it. It's really good. They make they make some great whiskeys. They've won some great awards. So those of you in the area, seek these guys out. Motor City Gas, uh, Rich Lockwood, great guy, um, and very generous to the homebrew community to sell half price barrels every uh, Black Friday to the homebrewing community to make great, interesting beers. So patronize uh, Motor City Gas, uh, one of the greatest distilleries of uh, local small batch distilleries in our area. Well, that about wraps it up here. Anybody else have any closing comments? Chris, you've been awfully quiet. I, uh, just listen to you guys. I tell you, the, the taste of this uh, Bigfoot, I have to take a sip of the Scotch Ale just to cover it up. <laughs> it, it is just stuck on my tongue, and it won't go away. It's so strong, and the hops are just insane. It's reminding me of uh, Dogfish 120. Yeah, that's a big one, too. Sure. So, yeah, go big or go home. I guess that's the the end of this one. And it's not the ABV. It's just, uh, man, real it's strong in every way. It's, it's, a, it's a heavy hitter. You know, the aroma when I was saying it smelled like perfume, that's what I think of 120 when I smell it. It's very perfumey, kind of a sweet. I get flowers. I don't know why, but oh, that's what I get. All right. Okay. <laughs> well, just to wrap things up, you know, again, uh, we'll raise our glass one final time to Sierra Nevada, to Ken Grossman, and uh, we our, our thoughts and prayers are with everyone affected by the, the campfire out in, uh, on the West Coast in California. Hopefully uh, the firefighters are containing that and keeping damage to a minimum. I know there have been loss of lives, loss of property, people being displaced from their homes. So, um, you know, if you get a chance, um, you know, Go online, make a donation, um, or say a prayer for uh, those affected. But uh, great, uh, iconic brewery. Um, 
glad we were able to enjoy some of their beers. There's way more beers to discover from Sierra Nevada, and perhaps we will uh, get be able to reach out to Christine, our, our friend Christine, who works for the company, and uh, um, explore some more Sierra Nevada great beers in the future. So it's been a great episode, and uh, toast to a great brewery. Cheers to Sierra Nevada. Cheers. Cheers. And just to remind everybody, we are at Beer Nuts Podcast on Twitter. We email the show Beer Nuts Podcast at ChristopherMedia.net. We are at Beer Nuts Podcast on Instagram as well. If you want to show us what you are drinking. Other than that, I think we're ready to go to Mexico. Okay. Well, as they say in old Mexico City, AMF. If you like this show, please tell a friend. Please follow us on Twitter and like and share us on Facebook by searching for Christopher Media. You can subscribe to all ChristopherMedia.net shows for free on ChristopherMedia.net. Please make sure to rate and comment on all your favorite Christopher Media shows. Thank you in advance for supporting Christopher Media by clicking on the PayPal button and by clicking through to all the sponsors who support ChristopherMedia.net. Thank you for visiting ChristopherMedia.net. And thank you for listening. Thank you for visiting ChristopherMedia.net. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.